so we are summing up this entire chapter which is chapter 3 culture meaning and knowledge uh, the linguistic term culture studies now this is from page number 100 to page number 117 uh, 17 pages and we've taken quite some time so we started off by saying that uh, language is a privileged medium we moved on uh, to say to how uh, language is uh, however not a very very neutral medium as people would say uh then we moved on to uh, say how see how uh, language is a means through which we uh, frame ideas about uh, the world around us yes uh we also uh, moved on to say how language is not as innocent as it seems to be it is uh quite a very very uh very very embed embedded thing where there's it's it's actually a construct so when when you say something is a construct it is made by people so if it's made by people it has all the elements that uh takes it takes in of the culture of that aspect of people so if you st- if you study language you will be able to explore the culture of the people was thus deduced yes so and as a result you have somebody very important breaking into the scene which is yes ferdinand de saussure now ferdinand de saussure with saussure coming into scene you have uh very interesting observations on language on various other aspects of language which is very important in the study of culture so you see the linguistic turn happening in the western philosophy and this happened when in 20th century and with the uh, linguistic turn you have a uh, you have people like their reader uh, sorry we like so sure and other structuralists like barts wolsinov uh coming into scene after that we saw a movement into the uh beyond the linguistic turn where there was more of a cultural turn and there we saw derrida althusser lacan and more so Oh, by studying all this, what we understand is how knowledge is constructed. We saw how knowledge is not uh, uh, devoid of power. Knowledge is uh, is constructed through power structures, and power structures are everywhere. So we can't, you know, take Gaudiya knowledge as it is. it has to be taken up with sufficient scrutiny now we started off with sushor and semiotics in page 100 and there we see that how language is not uh, you know 
a very neutral medium, but it's symbolically produced through signifying practices of language. Now, what are these signifying practices of language? So, his book, Course in General Linguistics, which was published in the year 1916, uh, you know, gave us a clearer picture of it. Uh, we are introduced into several binaries, like first one, which we've been studying from last semester, which is Lang and Parole. Lang is, consists of the entire set of systems which, uh, you know, it's a complete system of linguistic science. It is everything. All the sounds, all the grammar, all the vocabulary, even the scope of words that has not been uh, set, made right now, all this which has, this, it has come from the purview of land. It's a very wide, very abstract notion. And what is parole? Parole is how a particular person speaks. So Lang is the entire set of rules and entire set of words and vocabulary that is there, out there, for us to pick and choose and things like that. But we don't use everything. We have our own style. And that, our own style and way one person speaks is known, speaks is known as parole. So having understood what the Swiss linguist uh, so, and then we move on to what diachronic and synchronic and other binaries of it. Uh, and we, what is diachronic and synchronic? Diachronic is uh, at a particular point of time. It's a particular relationship. Uh, it's in a throughout, it's a horizontal relation where through the period of time and vertical relationship is synchronic at a particular point of time. So, uh, and we understood that there are so many signifying systems. By signifying systems, it means that everyday life is a system of signs. And we have lots of signs in everyday life and we, we understand meaning that way, but we're never conscious of it. So what is a sign? Sign is some total of signifier and signified. Signifier is the, the, uh, the word, the image that gives meaning and signified is a the image or the meaning, my, what is evoked in the mental concept, what what is picture we have in our mind when that when we hear the word, when we hear the signifier. The sign is the objective thing are there, and the signifier is a word. And I say a p p l e a p p l a is that sound, the signifier. And when I say when I when you hear this sound a p p l a apple, when I when you hear this sound, what the image you have in mind that is the signified and the real thing out there is a sign i hope that's clear so uh, with that we get to see how uh, ferdinand is so sure uh, you know uh, gives us this important concept of signify and signified and uh, he he says that the, the relationship between the two is binary, as arbitrary, which means it's not fixed. It could change with changing systems, countries, etc. Uh, it is only fixed by social convention or cultural codes. It has been fixed like this. That's why we. Uh, it's been because it has been fixed and it's been continued for for some time. People feel that this is the truth. This is there. You know, it is unquestionable truth, like the traffic light. Red to stop, 
amber for red and green for gold that has been fixed for so long that we just believe that that's in that way that's the way it should be so it's been conventionalized it's through certain social practices so uh, these cultural conventions just temporarily fix meaning and when they when the meaning is fixed they become naturalized codes and after so many time you know it just becomes you know it just becomes part of the habit it's, it's called cultural habituation habituation uh, it's it's this cultural coding is taken for granted nobody understands what goes behind what went behind all this but now it is taken for granted now this taken for granted things is very common in the stories that are in circulation like the fairy tales the myths that are in circulation all around we never even uh, think about questioning these because they've been here our grandfather has been telling these stories from myths from ages these stories are going on even in current contemporary stories and nobody even thinks about questioning these stories okay so there you have bards coming in roland bard says that mythology is i know it has to be observed very very carefully uh, because mythology is uh, created through language and language is part of culture and uh, you know whatever uh, whatever with the truth or whatever truth people in power wanted to propagate they stole that through stories and that story is what that is mitigated that has been uh, you know that has been traveling all the world and we just very very uh, innocently take up such stories and we feel that that is you know that is true so this is not the case this is what bards had in mind bards was saying now ingena parnipurthekum you know myths now we preserved you know were seen as layers of signification oru layer la pala layers of signification nalladayittu avarku manasilayam therein you have a description of two systems of signification which is connotation and denotation so what is connotation connotation yeah connotation is okay what is denotation the literal meaning what is connotation what is intended the connotation la you have several ideologies etc you know inbuilt in it nammala nammala nammal black in the example which i'm telling you how black connotes the african dark colonial colonial influence and things like that so uh, please go back to ppts that jeff given to you you could read all that again uh, then uh, so this french literary critic roland bards speaks about how uh, you know this second order connotative mythological meaning is what should be identified in myth and he gives the example of a paris match cover uh, a, a cover of a magazine called paris match where you find a black boy uh, who is saluting the french flag and the um, and the levels of connotative meaning derived from it please refer back to the video if you've forgotten so then oh, he bards moves on to say how to read the codes he says that there are several reading codes that are given in a text and he gives the example of a panzani label advertisement now what is this advertisement there are lots of splashed in cream green red etc and he says how 
the denoted mean, message could be the company Panzani. But the connoted meaning is that you know, uh, uh, it is it just it is just equivalent of Italianity. It is authentic Italian food at your store. So uh, you know this connotative message has so it goes away long in you know reinforcing certain ideas in our mind and the example of the Panzani ad. I hope that's clear. Then we moved on to the polysemic signs. Polysemic signs are nothing but you know uh, how signs have uh, different uh, meaning different it, it, it could you know it's also called multi-accentuality of signs where you know there's an ideological struggle within the sign itself to fix meaning there we reach on to Bhaktin Bhaktin who said that you know a sign uh, has for understanding there's a dialogic approach happening between the speaker and the listener and uh, this inner dialectical quality is what of the sign is what he stressed on. Then we moved on to uh, post-structuralism and intertextuality, wherein we said that you know text is not just like no single uh, single author word. Uh, we uh, with post-structures and people began to question the presence of the author. The author was like God-like and you know gave uh, meanings, the meanings. Now, like it's uh, author of the dead in the concept of the now that nobody has you know the uh, you know the power to say this is the meaning. It could be the meaning. There could be several other interpretations. With with this arrival of this post-structural scene, we have the arrival of Derrida. Uh, Derrida, and we at length spoke about so many uh, binaries like speech and writing and logocentrism, phonocentrism. And please refer back to the uh, video for all that. Uh, we also um, did see the concepts of difference and difference uh, about the logic of uh, supplement. We saw uh, the postcards, Derrida's, through Derrida's postcard metaphor, how uh, he is trying, postcard is serving as a motive for meaning generation, how uh, more postcard just goes around and generates meaning uh true communication is like this it's displaced to, for meanings to circulate without any authority nobody can say don't read my postcard i said don't read this person Only that person should read no it's just available out there in the open anybody can interpret it in any way uh, he or she likes then we move on to strategies of writing where in art writing we said about how there's not nothing outside the text and uh, we said about uh, the meaning and the truth and the strategies of writing and uh, uh, truth is not outside of the writing but rather you know the strategies of writing you know frame and uh, frame it truth with that we moved on to deconstruction and with that we began we advance again so on to speech writing culture nature 
uh, and we said that such binaries were deconstructed, were punctured, and uh, it shows how speech uh, is privileged over writing, and that's not the case because writing is as good and important as speech. Uh, the and then we saw term terms like erasure, uh, then these talks, undesirability, aporia, and things like that. Uh, then we saw move on to Foucault with him, how he is an anti-essentialist. Uh, we saw about the regimes of truth, discourse, discursive practices. Uh, then we saw about how discipline is enforced through uh, systems like panopticon, uh, prisons, schools, prison uh, madhouses, etc. And we also saw how Foucault is the one critic who spoke for the productivity of power, how people uh, actually in, become subjects and, you know, just uh, uh, through the analysis of uh, the, the truth that has been in circulation, you get to uh, study the power uh, which was otherwise unseen. Then we also see about the various subjects of discourse, uh, how because of the regulatory power of discourse, we become subjects. Uh, we, we take up certain subject position and uh, we uh, assume different roles uh, according to what has been suggested as good by the society. So uh, with this, this is what we saw in this chapter. So uh, please carefully read through the chapter, uh, through the, these different critics. Please re-watch the audio videos that have been post posted uh, for tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you so much.